0: Hey there, I'm Dr. Amy King, otherwise known as Dr. Amy, and this podcast is the most important medicine. If you're a professional who wants to have a greater impact in the lives of children and families by building resilience, this podcast is for you. Join us to become a trauma informed champion by nurturing connections through relational health to help kids and families thrive. Every time you join me, you'll hear practical information and leave with tangible tools you can use every day. Hey friends, it's Dr. Amy, and I'm really excited today to talk with Will Elliott. Will is a teen coach and mentor, and he's going to break down that definition for us in just a bit. I would also say he's a really big influencer for how parents are thinking about teens today in our world. Will is one of the world's top coaches for teens, and he is dedicated to helping the next generation live confident, bold, and purpose-driven lives. As you know, if you're following along in the podcast, February is all about how we connect with teenagers. And so we brought Will on because he has so much experience and guidance and ideas around ways that we can connect with um, this group of kids in our world today. So welcome, Will.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited and I love talking about teens. I especially love talking about how to help teens Mm -hmm. and understand their heart on a deeper level. And, uh, yeah, they're amazing, amazing group of people. So let's do it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, well, why don't we back up a little bit? Is there anything else you want to tell the audience about who you are or what you're doing in the world today?
1: Yeah. So I can give a a little introduction, but everything that you just said is pretty spot on. Um, I've been coaching teenagers and tweens also. So preteens for about five years now, I started doing a lot of one-on-one coaching and grew a pretty hefty waitlist i realized that there's a huge demand for uh, teenage life coaches i don't like to use the term life coach as i told you before Um, i I prefer just mentorship and success coaching i coach students on three big buckets of life and these are really just three things that i was desperate for when i was a tween or a teen and the first one is confidence and self-talk so everything under the sun of how do I speak when I speak to myself is it nice is it not nice Um, usually it's not nice and so that's kind of the big thing that um, honestly got me started working in the ways that I do the second big thing is motivation and goal setting and habits and the Mm -hmm. third one is time management and procrastination all three of those things work together so for example if students are increasing or improving their self talk they're usually not going to procrastinate as much. And they're also probably going to be more motivated. So I've really found this really cool balance of all three. And if we can improve one, then the other two usually go up as well. So that's kind of what I do is I help students love themselves better, have better habits. And I love every second of helping them do that.
0: I can tell, I can tell. Um, you mentioned something a moment ago, you said it's what I desperately needed. Can yes. you just share a bit about your story and how this work came to be?
1: Absolutely. So. Yeah, when I was a teenager, uh, my parents went through a divorce when I was in eighth grade, and I took it super, super hard. I'm a family guy. I've always I feel like I came out of the womb like totally loving my family, super loyal to my family, and that was a really hard point in my life. And I noticed that when things were disrupted, things got a little bit more inconsistent. Inevitably, after you know a divorce, you're living in two homes. I kind of attached my identity to things like sports and other people's opinions. And I was craving external validation is the best way to describe it. And because of that, I rode an emotional roller coaster that I actually covered up pretty well, I had a lot of fake confidence, false confidence, and I was good at putting on a a face. Mm -hmm. And I see that obviously with students that I coach now. But um, yeah, that was one of the biggest things that i needed was just a mentor that would speak words of encouragement and empowerment into my life as well as teach me life principles fast forward a couple years later when i went to college i finally had that mentor that taught me about things like self-talk that taught me about things like emotional intelligence and feeling my feelings and being authentic and showing my authentic self is okay to not be okay those types of things and i was thinking to myself why don't teenagers hear this message Mm -hmm. out there? They probably do from their parents, but they don't want to hear it from mom and dad about controlling controllables and about self-talk. And Mm -hmm. so that's essentially how I got started in in doing. I just built curriculum around what I needed the most. And of course, as I started coaching students, what they needed as well, which there's a lot of kind of carryover.
0: So, you know, you mentioned you know, you kind of came out of the womb loving your family and there was a big disruption in eighth grade when your parents got divorced. Um, you know, I have a whole audience of helpers and healers and people who work with kids and families. Um, what do you feel like the adults in your life missed at that time?
1: I haven't thought about that in a really long time. So I've had to really think deeply. Um, I don't really know. I, I think, giving me the space to feel how i felt i would say um and this is kind of a, a theme that i see in a lot of the parents that i work with and inevitably i work with parents because i work with teens and i see them try to fix a lot of stuff without giving kids the space to feel and i don't want to say all of the adults like i have great relationships with my parents um, and i did even back then but i do feel like it's just so so true to parents uh And kind of their habits to want to fix and want to, you know, teach and coach. But sometimes what teens need the most is just the safe space to feel and have you just be there while they're feeling. And I think that's what I needed the most.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so as parents listen to these messages, they're just craving like, what can I do? And I want to just piggyback on what Will is saying here. And that is, in my 25 years of experience doing family therapy, working with tons of kids and families, when I ask teenagers what they mo- mostly want, they want adults who talk less. <laughs>
1: they want yeah, absolutely.
0: Adults who are listening instead of fixing. And so you you just heard that from Will too, right? Which yep. is more adults who are listening and providing space for these big feelings. Um, exactly. So- talk more about what you do now. Like, do you do one-on-one coaching? Do you do big coaching? Like, how are you working with teens through these big three buckets?
1: Yeah. So I have my own coaching app. And so it's just a, a space that I go, um, it, kind of like live streaming for kids. Okay. So they actually like it far more than one-on-one coaching. And this is how I'm very different from therapy. Therapy is a lot about the past and it does require a lot of vulnerability, um, to, help you work through emotions, right? Whereas coaching is a lot about the future. So there's not necessarily a need um, for me to learn all about kids' lives and the biggest struggles very personal to them. Um, I think it helps, but with coaching, it's really just about giving them the tools to succeed. So giving them the tools in their toolbox. And so I do that through live streams. Um, I do that through a lot of cool videos, gamification. I get kids really excited about personal growth And I also in the app help the parents help the kids. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of where the quote unquote parent coaching comes into is I'm just the middleman. And so I kind of relay over to them and communicate, hey, this is what your kids are feeling. This is what I would do if I was in a parent's position. Now, obviously I'm 26 and I'm not a parent, but just human to human coaching is kind of what I talk about on that side of things. Mm
0: I just want like friends that are listening, if you haven't had a chance to check out Will and we'll put all of your, all of Will's contact information in our show notes, but my friends who are parents, right? So we're bridging lots of gaps here, Will. My friends who are parents are like, oh my gosh, he's so great. His, the advice that he gives, <laughs> awesome. like speaks to my heart, helps me with my kids, helps me relate, helps me understand. And so I think sometimes we do need a bridge, right? We do need yep. someone um, who doesn't replace us, right? But mm-hmm. compliments the, it, it's really hard work to raise kids. And why wouldn't we lean into someone like you, right? Who's like, hey, I've got my ear to the ground over here from not just your teen, but thousands of teens. Yep. Here's what might help.
1: Yeah. It's just a different perspective of, mm-hmm. t- towards parenting and i not only have worked with thousands and thousands of kids but i also it wasn't that long ago since i was a teen so it's still very fresh in my mind as well and so i think kind of the balance of those two things helps parents
0: so what are you hearing from teens today
1: they want to be understood more than anything Mm -hmm. and that comes from wanting parents to listen they are struggling in school because they feel like they're really really bad at it and they're I, i think the the main theme and i think this is the reason why i've been able to impact a lot of students they feel bombarded in every single direction that what they're doing is not enough and for the parents that are listening to this it's not just you by the way you're actually a pretty small fraction of the messages that they get on an everyday basis i mean from the time that they go to school it's very uncontrollable the messages that they get into their life and so it's not parents fault um i think parents always feel really bad when you know, I say that they feel that they're not enough, but it's really social media, it's uh, it's teachers and the, the school system, grading skills, all those things that uh, they are kind of being bombarded with this message of like, hey, your skills aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. And because they don't feel like their skills are good enough, then they obviously don't feel like they're good enough. And that's at the core of all of our fear, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, i yeah, I, want- I could go on about the things that kids feel right now, but I would say those are the two big ones
0: so so, for parents that are listening and especially professionals that work with kids and teenagers who are listening, knowing that they feel bombarded, not just with messages from parents but on so many different levels.
1: Yep.
0: um how do you think social media has shifted this for teens will?
1: A ton everything. And it's it's ironic, because my job wouldn't exist without social media. Mm-hmm. But I would much prefer the world without social media, even mm-hmm. you know, with my job, being how it is. Um, it's really difficult. And I don't have an answer for it, unfortunately. And if I did, then I think the world would be different. But mm-hmm. it's just real, it's real tough. Um, kids, inevitably want to feel validated by their peers. And so they, you know, most of them, including myself, when I was a, a teenager, will do anything for that. If they don't have a strong base, Mm -hmm. if they don't have inner validation that they're able to feel enough from within, which is very rare for just humans in general, not just teens, uh, then they will go to extents, uh, whether it's on social media or at school or video games is a really good example as well, um, to feel that validation. Yeah, it's really hard.
0: I I think to, to pair some research with that, right, Teenage brains are at this critical time where they are most open to external validation, right? Because it's their job to become autonomous and find their peer group, right? So they're doing their thing out in the world. Um, But if they're vulnerable because they don't have that secure base, they're going to be more subject to maybe negative messaging that's out there. And you're saying that's coming from a whole bunch of different places, social media
1: included. Social media included. Yep. I'd say social media is the biggest thing. You know, I think that's uh, e- even if kids don't have social media, it's still they still know what's mm-hmm. out there. hmm. Yeah.
0: So so what are give us a couple of examples of messaging to kind of increase that internal confidence and self-talk that kids have or yeah. need?
1: Love that. OK, so uh, the reason why I think what I do works is because I help students focus on their potential rather than their problems. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of like a buzz term that I always like to say to parents. Mm -hmm. It's like, again, they're being bombarded that they have all of these problems, but they also have so much potential. As you know, from being a mom, all the parents out there, you know how much potential your kid has. They just need to be communicated in that way, right? Mm -hmm. And so painting the picture of what they can become, validating the fact that they can become that if they put their mind to it, all of these things, it's not lecturing, it's just planting seeds, it's planting seeds of wisdom. Um, Another thing that my parents I think did really, really well was encouraging my character, praising my character, instead of my results. And that's something that I love coaching on as well. It's praising the controllables, the more that you can attach their definition of success and their self worth to who they are, the type of effort that they're putting towards things and their attitude, things that they can control they're more in control of their confidence. They're more in control of their success. And I think students are unstoppable when they can pair those two things up.
0: Oh my gosh. I love this so much. Um, because I, if I just take off my psychologist hat and I, I put my parent hat on, I'm like, but will there's so many problems, right? Yeah. Cause teenage, we're worried about them driving. We'll worry about drugs and sex and social media and relationships and all the things that, that the teenagers probably worried about too, but we're like worried about it from an adult perspective. And what you're saying, right. Is like, breathe parents. Focus instead on potential because that's what they can be in control of. Yes. Um, so can I just give a practical example and you you'll coach Absolutely. me through it? Okay. Sure. All right. Do my best. This is what this is what people need. Um so my son wrestles, um, and he's new at it. He's a novice and he's using it for cross-training. Um and He would like to win, of course. And I think I probably know a whole bunch of ways that could help him improve as a wrestler. Um, And yet, um, probably at the most recent tournament, he didn't perform as well as he would have liked to. You're saying focus on his character, not the results. So what are some examples? I'm just putting my whole vulnerable heart out there, Will. What are some examples that you would say that a parent like that would focus on?
1: Well, I think the, the, um, the message is, what did you do that you were proud of? So those types of things. So kind of bringing it back to what are the things that you can control, whether it's in the future that you can do better? Or what are the things that you feel like you did? Well, right. So I think I mean, we live in a world that is run by results. And so results are important. But again, it's bringing their attention back to okay, what are the things that I can control? Um, I also think in those moments, asking open-ended questions is so much more powerful than anything that y'all could say, right? And what I mean by this is, instead of, let's say, giving them a lecture, even if it comes from a really awesome place of like, hey, you can learn from, let's say, not getting a good result, you can do all of these things, you can, as a coach, like you can ask so many guiding questions to get them to come up with those answers themselves instead of lecturing at them. So, for example, if you want to tell a student, hey, you can learn from this X, Y, and Z, instead ask them, what do you feel like you can learn from this? And not Mm -hmm. only does it not make them feel like mom and dad are lecturing me, but it also increases emotional intelligence, self awareness, problem solving, and those are all things that they need to develop in the teenage years. So I yeah. love open-ended questions. The more that you can ask them in a really strategic way to guide them to the answers, it's so much more empowering when kids come up with the answers rather than just hear answers.
0: Oh my gosh, amen. I mean, yeah. luckily, right? I work with teenagers and I'm a psychologist and sometimes I hit the mark. Um, yeah. But I, I know with that example, like around wrestling or any sport or any activity, right? The, the desire of the parent is to fix that, right? Like, why don't we watch your video together and see about like what you could do better. And like, if you would have done this instead of this, it would have had a better outcome. And, you know, and let's hire you like a personal trainer so that you can get better at that instead of what you're saying, which might be asking a question like, how can I help? Exactly. How How did you feel about how that went? Yes. Um. Is there anything I can do?
1: Yeah. How, how can I support you? My favorite question and, uh, you know, I talk about, um, lighthouse parenting a lot. It's Dr. Ken Ginsburg's, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of coined that term. I think he's writing a book about it right now. yeah. Um, yeah. he's been about- on
0: the podcast, so we'll link up okay. to it. Yeah.
1: Cool. So, uh, so yeah, so he, uh, has that term now. I don't know if he talks about this question, but I have a course that's coming out around lighthouse parenting and the critical question is, do you want to vent or do you want advice? Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that question, I mean, regardless of who you're talking to, whether it's a teen, whether it's your mom, whether it's your partner, it's such a powerful question. Because you you do so many things when you ask it. First, you show them that you actually care about how you're coming across. You also literally find what it is that they want from you. And um, you kind of get your answer there. So that's my favorite question to ask in emotional moments like that.
0: Yeah, I love that. And And because you were talking about Ken, so we'll link up to Ken's podcast interview in the recording because it's so complimentary. And what he says, Will, is if we only focus on the results, right, then our kids will only come to us when the results are favorable. But if instead we focus on their character, right, then they're going to know that no matter what the results are, they can bring that to us. Right. And so So I, I think that's important messaging for parents to hear. Right. I like, I want to praise, like I'm using the wrestling example. I just want to praise my kid for going out on the mat. Like that's pretty brave. You put your whole heart out there, your whole self, there's nobody else to blame if you do good or bad or, or whatever. Um, and praising that, right. That's really about their character. So I love that. Um, what about the motivation and goal setting, right? There's so many teenagers who are labeled as lazy and, you know, that they're not, you know, motivated to do things, to succeed, to achieve, whatever. Um, tell me about that.
1: It's a pretty deep one for sure. Um, I think motivation is, how do I want to say it? I think it is, I don't think it's the goal for kids. Yeah. Um, I think it's a product of what happens when you take a lot of action. What I've seen from the coaching perspective is a lot of kids wait until they are motivated to take action, Mm -hmm. where I've seen in my life, motivation comes directly from action. So you've got to take action when you're not motivated. So this is one of the most, uh, I would say prevalent questions that I get on social media It's like, how can I motivate my kid towards school? It's like, You don't really. I mean, like there's like five or 10% of kids who will probably be motivated towards school and how we look at motivation. And so instead of trying to motivate your kid, um, build momentum, build momentum through the little victories, because momentum leads to motivation, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I would say to kind of let go of the expectation to have your kid running through a brick wall because they're so excited to take a math class. That's just I was horrible in school, by the way, like I was horrible in school, but I was really motivated in other areas of life. Um, even video games, like video games taught me so much about goal setting and quote unquote, the grind and all these different things. So Mm -hmm. if you can pinpoint and praise motivation, any ounce of motivation that they show outside of school, then you're you're develop you're helping them develop that characteristic and when they find something that they're interested in passionate about after school high school college whatever um then they'll get there's going to be they're going to be totally fine they're going to yes. be totally fine
0: I want to just underscore something you're saying it's really important for parents right as much as we would like to think that kids should be motivated to do well in school, there's only a very small percent of kids who are naturally going to be like, I love school. I love going to school. I love learning. I want to please, I want to achieve. And certainly those kids are out there, right? Most kids. And that's why I laughed when you mentioned like being excited about math, right? Most of them are not excited for English comp and math and (laughs) all right. Like that, like that's why they balk at adults, right? When we're like, you need to be more motivated. And so Instead, what I'm hearing you say is focus on the momentum, focus on maybe an external goal. For my kid right now that I was just talking about, it's just to be done with high school. That's what I was. Yeah. And so his momentum, all of his motivation comes from, I'm doing this so I can be done with it. Great.
1: Awesome. That's fine.
0: Me too. (laughs) I'd like to be done with
1: this. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I know a lot of parents are in that boat and some of them are like, they have fourth graders and they're like, I just want to be done with high school. I'm like, you have a little bit longer to go, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, but yeah, that's exactly right. And, uh, yeah, I think that's real good.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, if you look at differences in messages that you're hearing from teen girls versus teen boys, any, any threads that you pull out there or wisdom?
1: I, i think social media is more of a factor with teen girls just in what i see um but i don't have enough i would say to to really talk about it in depth i coach Mm -hmm. both groups um Mm -hmm. it's it's honestly been about 50 50 for the last five years Mm -hmm. Um, but everyone's struggling with the same fundamental things okay um i think i think middle school boys are struggling or I think high school boys are struggling in the same way that middle school girls are struggling. So I think the mm-hmm. girls will see it a couple years earlier, but yeah, I, I just think it's it's fundamentally the same stuff. They wanna be understood. They um, want to have their parents listen to them and they want other people to see their potential, not their problems.
0: Oh, say that again. Say those things again. They wanna feel heard.
1: Feel They wanna feel seen, heard, loved and understood. They want to um have their parents listen to them mm-hmm. i think first and foremost which mm-hmm. those two are pretty pretty paired and mm-hmm. then the last thing is they do want to they want other people to see their potential and what they're capable of rather than what just what they're doing wrong mm-hmm.
0: i feel like if our audience who is mostly child facing and family facing right professionals hear that and can message that to parents and teachers and adults in their lives yeah. that could really shift interactions.
1: Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's the fundamental. uh, I think it's the fundamental posture in which when 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 you make kids feel extremely loved, and when you seek to understand their side of things, it opens so many doors, not only for them, but for your relationship with them. And we're obviously talking about connection right now. When you go into a, a conversation seeking to understand fully present and, you know, empathetic towards their side of things, everything changes everything mm-hmm. changes
0: and and what i want people who are listening right to to acknowledge is that we're horrible at that as adults horrible right we go in with agendas we go in with kind of a mindset we go in with either you know disappointment or frustration or what we think the outcome of a conversation should be right because we've been very socialized to be results driven And what I want all of you to hear from Will, who's got his ear to the ground of thousands of teenagers, is please stop doing that. Please go into discussions with your teenagers with an open mind, an open heart, focusing on connection, focusing on their potential.
1: Yeah, I think just to piggyback off of that, all humans are, we've always been bad at being present. And again, seeking, you, you, you seek to understand by being present, you connect with your kid by being present, you do all of the things that lighthouse parents do by being present. That's the fundamental thing. And we live in a world that is full of distractions, probably more so than ever. And so it's not, you know, our fault, but it is something that we can be intentional about and at least try to practice through Mm -hmm. small things and big things.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, Any other uh, kind of glimmers from boots on the ground work that you're doing and what you would offer for parents as sage wisdom
1: kids rock there i don't think we give them enough credit for wanting to grow and that's like one of my favorite things to talk about and just kind of a bag on kids about i recently just held with january 1st we got the you know i always call it the hashtag new year new me vibes And uh, the kids are like, Oh, that's so cringy. But it's it's true, right? It's the time of year, we talk about goals. And the amount of students that I see who get really excited about goals when it's not something that they're feeling like they're forced to do Mm -hmm. is so remarkable. Kids are excited to grow, we just need to give them the space to feel that excitement. And I'm going to keep repeating myself, but to show them that potential um but yeah we don't give kids enough credit for wanting to become better versions of themselves and set goals and be confident and learn the tools so just go and give your kids a huge hug and tell them that you're proud of them even if you don't know what it is necessarily that you're proud of them for just yeah just go and encourage them
0: yeah i love that it made me a little tearful i have to be honest will when you said kids rock
1: they rock sorry, you cut out a little bit.
0: Oh, that's okay. It may, we might have a little internet connection. I can edit that out, but, um, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah. The last thing I heard was you teared up.
0: Yeah. When you said kids, I think there are a lot of adults in a scared of teenagers, um, or ideas about how to keep them at endearing and to have that positive outlook on them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a negativity bias that humans struggle with. And again, this isn't just a a parent thing, but it's a human thing. Um, The more that we can catch kids doing little things right, the more we recognize that they do rock, right? The more that we can catch ourselves doing little things right, the more we can recognize that we rock. But we, because we have a negative bias on ourselves, it's just, of course, it's going to carry over to other people or our situation or politics or everything in life. So I just think the more that we can have a positive attitude towards everything, it's going to carry over to our relationship with teens too.
0: Yeah, I I, I 100% agree. And by the way, that's a mini lesson in social psychology, right? <laughs> that the more positive we think about people, the more... Be- appropriately they'll behave. And the more negatively we think about people, the worse they'll behave. And that's true for our kids too. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, as we kind of are are circling the towards the end here, I have a few questions, what, what I call like rapid fire questions for you. Um, and you were alluding to it just a moment ago, but I want to give you a chance to say it in, a, in another way or in a different way. But what is one thing that people are getting wrong about teenagers today?
1: I would say that they're lazy that they're unmotivated and they don't care about growing Um, that is not true, I think, when they are surrounded by around the right people and the people who give them the space to work on those things in a healthy way, then they want to and uh, yeah I think that's such a beautiful thing about them is that. Um, there's always an underlying problem or struggle that they're facing that manifests into quote-unquote laziness and the more we can get curious about what it is that is causing laziness I think that works for them and us too
0: yeah 100% agree thank you Um, what is one thing that's bringing you joy right now in life
1: progress Um, I would say specifically the kids that I'm coaching, their progress. I mean, I'm coaching. There's like 400 families or 400 kids that um, active are active in Unstoppable You, and all over the world. I mean, kids are kids are growing and kids are um, setting goals and making progress towards those goals. And we recently, literally like four or five days ago, we uh, are tracking our habits, and it's awesome when I see notifications about every 30 minutes of kids checking in on this app. Uh, to track their habits. It's like, Hey, I worked out today. Oh my gosh. I made my bed this morning. I woke up on my first alarm. It's just like the little things. It just brings me so much joy.
0: Oh my gosh. That brings me joy too, because kids just will do well when they can. And I love that. Um, Before I ask the last question, you mentioned unstoppable you, and we'll link up to all the ways to connect with you in our show notes, but what's the best place for people to find you and connect with you.
1: Social media on Instagram is where I'm most active. Um, I also reply to every email myself. So my email is will at coachingwithwill.com I'm an open book. And so if you're listening to this, and you just want any type of uh, insight into what I'm hearing or insight into your situation, then my, uh, my inbox is free as well. But Instagram is where the party's at. That's where a lot of uh, families get some good information.
0: So. Yeah, I agree. We are total fans here at, on my team as well. Um, last question, will not a tough question. Um, but it's uh, 10 or 11 o'clock at night and you have a food craving. What do you reach for?
1: Well, I'm usually in bed by eight thirty, So I don't remember the last <laughs> time I was <laughs> up at 10 o'clock at night, but you're on a senior
0: of- citizen plan. Will,
1: <laughs> I'm pretty dang close to be honest. Um, I have you ever had dots pretzels?
0: Yes! Oh my God! Yeah, okay. The cinnamon sugar.
1: Oh, they're so good. So, <laughs> Dot's pretzels are the go-to snack for me at 10 p.m. and chocolate good. milk. Chocolate oh, milk is so
0: good. nice. Nice. Uh, the savory or the sweet Dot's pretzels.
1: Savory. Savory. Okay. I mean, yeah, honestly, both, but um, savory is the go-to.
0: Okay. Well, there's a there's a sponsor for YouTube out there in that. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. I'm excited. Um,
0: I just want to say, Will, like we've been total fangirling about having you on the podcast and the message that you send out to parents and professionals is so critical. I think there's no group of, of children birth to 18 more un- more misunderstood than teenagers. Um, and in my line of work, it's the most important time to be connected to them. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for what you're doing to help them feel understood and seen and in a safe space. I really appreciate your work.
1: Thank you so much. That means a lot, Amy. I appreciate you. 100%. Well,
0: that's it, friends. If you like what you're hearing here, please download my free resource called 10 Guiding Principles to Nurture Connection and Help Children and Families Thrive. This is the most important medicine. Keep listening to other people's stories and let them transform you. And keep sharing yours because your humanity will heal others. Bye for now.